The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Thank you for tuning in for this Unity Partner Program. Unity Online Radio partners with spiritual leaders from organizations whose mission and messages complement Unity's. We are pleased to bring you this program on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Welcome to Truth Transforms with your host, Rev. Galen McDowell, Senior Assistant Minister at Christ Universal Temple in Chicago, Illinois. This is the program for spiritually enlightening discussion, interviews, and the practical application of new thought principles to transform your life. Now, here's your host, Rev. Galen McDowell. Hello, welcome to Truth Transforms. I'm your host, Galen McDowell. I'm the Senior Assistant Minister at Christ Universal Temple in Chicago, Illinois, which was founded by the Reverend Dr. Johnny Coleman in 1956 as a ministry designed to teach people how to live better lives. Come join us and our Senior Minister, the Reverend Derek B. Wells, as he takes this ministry into the 21st century, continuing to teach people how to live healthy, happy, and prosperous lives. If you are in our area, make sure you stop by and join us. Go to our website, www.cutemple.org, to get our information. And if you don't live in the area, check out our live stream at 10.30 a.m. to 12 noon Central Standard Time every Sunday morning. Today we are still working with the series, The Keys to the Kingdom, which is a series that is based upon the Sermon on the Mount given by Jesus, which is found in the Gospel of Matthew, chapters 5 through 7. I believe maybe we might actually finish it today, because as I'm looking at it, I'm in chapter 7, and I'm at chapter 7 verse 7 so we're going to go right into it giving the spiritual keys necessary to make this sermon on the mount become alive and practical for you so the scripture reads in matthew chapter 7 verses 7 through 11 ask and it will be given to you search and you will find knock and the door will be opened for you For everyone who acts receives, and everyone who searches finds, and for everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. Is there anyone among you, if your child asks for bread, will give a stone? Or if the child asks for a fish, will give a snake? If you, then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, How much more will your Father in Heaven give good things to those who ask Him? Now, let me just start off by saying this scripture in and of itself teaches us how to work with universal law. Now, there are many people who 
come to ministers, psychologists, psychiatrists, counselors, life coaches, etc., etc. And one of the first things they'll say when they're working with scriptures like this is, I've asked and I haven't received. I've searched or I've sought or I've been seeking and I haven't found what I was looking for. I've been knocking and the doors haven't been opening. If people are honest with themselves, there are times when you will doubt the process because life and the facts of life can be so blinding. This scripture is right in your face because it really makes you ask yourself, what do I really believe? Now, when we look at it surfacely, it would seem as though the way it's stated, just ask and you'll receive. So if I say, hey, uh, I want a Bentley, then all of a sudden the Bentley just shows up. Obviously, that's not what it means. It's not a simple wish. It's not a simple thought that comes through your mind, a fleeting thought, and then it's gone the next moment. It's not just you looking at something momentarily. We're talking about, as always, the processes of consciousness. We're not saying, and I don't believe Jesus was saying, that at the present level of human consciousness, now notice what I said, at the present level of human consciousness, this is something that manifests quickly in a three-dimensional physical world. But what is it saying? This teaching of Jesus informs us how universal law works and how to work with God with our divine intention. What do I mean by that? See, asking is not just opening your mouth. Asking is getting your thinking, feeling, words, actions, reactions in alignment with that which you desire. Asking is thinking from the possibility and the potential, not from the precedent. Asking is being in the mental space where you create what Emmett Fox used to call a mental equivalent. In other words, anytime you see anything built, you have a blueprint first. Before a building goes up, they have a blueprint. Before they build a car, they have a blueprint. You can get a blueprint on, on, on almost anything or some type of outline uh, that is used to make sure that as they're building a thing from a computer to a skyscraper, that everything is supposed to be where, it's, where it is. So you're asking for a thing the moment you create in your mind with clarity the image of, of what you want and you have clear conviction of the thing that's desired. Because only then can you take action and then universal law can take action as well toward the attainment of that goal. See, we ask, seek, and knock only with our minds. Then, once we clear in mind, then we take physical action. What we think, 
feel and believe creates what we excuse me believe impresses upon universal law as a mental equivalent what we think feel and believe is what we're asking the universe for now you can say well i've been asking for a whole bunch of stuff is that what you really believe and what do i mean by believe i want to make sure that you do not misinterpret what i'm saying believe means what you accept as true believe means what you accept as true not someone else believe means what you really really accept is true about yourself about what you believe you deserve what you believe is possible for you what you believe is probable and plausible it's really zeroing down and saying what do i really believe about a multitude of things because that is what you are asking for a person who has a high self-image is asking self-image is asking for experiences through their belief of themselves for experiences that are consistent with that a person who has a negative self-image of self is asking for experiences that are consistent with that as well a person who has a prosperity consciousness is asking for experiences that are consistent with that consciousness a person who does not have a prosperity consciousness is asking for experiences that are consistent with that consciousness when uh, talking with some people in the medical field they'll tell you that one of the main indicators of whether a person can make it through a difficult diagnosis is their attitude and what is attitude it's the way you act think and believe because how you see it matters that's asking that's seeking that's knocking see we have to be honest enough with ourselves to say sometimes i speak with forked tongue in other words i'm saying one thing but i believe something else you know or is the old song from the 70s talking loud saying nothing we have to make sure that we really, really, really deep down in our guts believe that which we're even praying. That's why Jesus said in the Gospel of Mark eleven twenty four, and this is a very powerful scripture. So I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. Again, so I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. So Jesus has the audacity to say to us, when you pray for a thing, pray as if it is already yours. Pray that it is already yours. Because if you don't pray from the consciousness of have, you can't have it. In other words, you're praying for that which you already have as a mental equivalent, knowing that the physical equivalent will manifest. Ask, seek, knock. As you seek a thing, you search a thing, 
you know, Jesus said, in, as we talked about earlier in the Sermon on the Mount, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. What are you seeking? In other words, what's keeping your attention? Because you seek what you're seeking is actually what's getting your attention. You might say, well, I don't want that. Well, you're seeking it because it has your attention. And if it has your attention, eventually it'll get your intention, which will then create manifestation. So we have to be clear about our attention. What's continually keeping my attention? What pulls on me? What pulls on me? What keeps my focus? See, because when we know that, we can work around some things. And then knock. See, some people knock one time and leave. You knock on the door of opportunity and someone says no and we stop. We knock on the door of opportunity and somebody gives us some resistance, so we stop. We knock on the door of opportunity and they, the, the door is not all the way open, so instead of pushing the door open or, and I don't mean that literally, or being ignorant or rude or whatever, I mean being persistent, we stop. See, the door of opportunity is there, but we have to open it. By what? Knocking. Now, spiritually, this is happening as well, but it's happening with God tapping on the door of your soul. As the book of Revelation says, behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man opens the door, I will come in and sup with him. In other words, spirit is also trying to get your attention to say, hey, I got all this good, but you got your attention on everything else. So while you're knocking on something that might be not for your highest good, the spirit of God in you is knocking to get your conscious attention so you can be blessed. The scripture also goes on to say, if you then who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your father in heaven give good things to those who ask him? Now, people get tripped up over if you then who are evil. In Jesus' language, all that means is you made mistakes. You make mistakes. If you who make mistakes, if you who make errors, know how to give good gifts to your children. Because in it's nuances of language, it's like in just like in uh, English, if I say you lied to me and I said, uh, uh, go, or I tell my child, go lie down, I'm using the exact same words but different meaning, completely different meaning. Well, it's no different in any other language. If you then who are evil just means you make mistakes. I make mistakes. We make mistakes. And even in our mistaken consciousness, we know how to give good gifts to our children. You know, this, you know, as I'm thinking about this, I did a lesson last Sunday talking about the, uh, uh, Newton, Connecticut. Um, you know, in the midst of that, everybody started to embrace the consciousness that those kids are our kids. Every child is my child. Every p- person is my brother or my sister because until we have that oneness, then we can't have the healing. Now, if we know how to do that, how much more will God give the good to those who ask him? And again, ask him does not mean God give me good. Ask him means let me set my mind in alignment with the absolute good of God that already is. 
I don't believe in a God that says, until you go to the right church and read the right book and wear the right clothes and talk the right religious jargon, I can't bless you. You can keep that God. I do believe, though, that as we open our hearts, minds and hearts to the grace of God, God's grace expresses through us, uses us as a vessel, which, of course, we're blessed first because we're being used as the vessel of God's grace. Because we're the image and likeness of God, we're living expression of God, God's love, God's grace, God's peace, God's joy starts to shine through us. So God is always seeking to express more good into our experience. God as love is beyond our comprehension. How much more? That's what Jesus is saying. But you got you have to accept it. You have to accept it. Now, let me remind you that this show, along with all of the shows on Unity Online Radio, are supported by your love offerings, your donations, your gifts. Please take a moment to to make sure that you are supporting this show and Unity Online, Online Radio by clicking the donate button. Giving so we can make sure that we can continue to spread the message of love, peace, and empowerment around the world. I say this weekly, but I don't want this to get lost in translation. They, there are places in the world, even in the United States, where access to this type of message isn't available. They don't have New Thought churches or churches of metaphysics etc i'm not knocking any other church or anybody else's religion but if you're listening to this show i'm sure that you are looking for something that's in line with new thought metaphysics higher consciousness universal law um um, going into the bible and pulling the spiritual principles out now if that's the case we want to make sure that this is available to as many people as possible so please make sure that you Click on the donate button and support this online ministry. Also, I want to remind you that Christ Universal Temple will have its annual Christmas concert and candle lighting service this Sunday, 1030 a.m. to 12 noon. If you're in Chicago, make sure that you're in the house. It is a beautiful service. Absolute, absolutely beautiful. Also. If you don't live in a city, make sure you go online to the stream and watch it, www.cutemple.org, C-U-T-E-M-P-L-E.org. Why is this necessary? Because Jesus said, well, two or three are gathered together in my name. There I am in the midst. In other words, when you come together in collective consciousness, you build an awareness of spirit. So whether you're online around the world or if you're in Chicago sitting in the seat, we want your consciousness because we're trying to build so with that we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back with Truth Transforms Online Radio is bringing the message of unity to tens of thousands of spiritual seekers around the world. 
If you have been served by this programming, we invite you to support it by visiting www.unity.fm and clicking on Donate Now. Thank you for your support. Reverend Paulette Pipes' voice has been called mesmerizing, the sound of spirit expressing in soothing honey tones. If you're one of the loyal listeners who tune in each week for her program, Touching the Stillness, you already know the power of her meditations. If her programs leave you wanting more, purchase one or both of her meditation CDs, Touching the Stillness, her first CD, and the newly released Resting in Stillness. This latest CD combines Paulette's alchemic voice with an original score by pianist Kelly Hunt and will transport you to a place of divine peace. Enliven your meditations with Reverend Paulette Pipe as your guide and take her soothing voice and peaceful presence with you wherever you go. Get your copy today. Go to www.unity.org and then click on Shop. That's www.unity.org and click on Shop at the top of the page. Whether you love the Bible or hate it, turn to it daily or refuse to have it in your house, The Bible Alive, Exploring Your Spiritual Roadmap is a program designed just for you. Here on Unity FM, Unity Minister Rev. Ed Townley presents the Bible as a practical, powerful spiritual roadmap full of wisdom and guidance for the challenges of life today. A roadmap for your spiritual journey. Isn't that just what you are seeking? Join us every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Central Time, 4 p.m. Eastern, for The Bible Alive, exploring your spiritual roadmap with Rev. Ed Townley, only on Unity FM, the voice of an awakening world. Thank you for tuning in to Truth Transforms. Now, here's your host, Reverend Galen McDowell. Welcome back to Truth Transforms. We have a call online, Reverend Bobby. Hi, how you doing? How are you, Galen, this very fine morning? Doing great. I'm doing great. Uh, do you have a question for us? Yeah, I got one little thing, then I got a question. You were talking about evil and people making mistakes. Yeah. And that's what it meant in Jesus' language. And I was just trying to bring to the people's attention real quick that evil is live, spelled backwards, E-V-I-L and L-I-V-E, uh, meaning that we get this stuff backwards some time, and instead of waiting for God's instruction, we jump out in front of God and think we know what we're doing. Now for my question. Um, when you were talking earlier about ask and seek and knock in this set of scriptures, how important is it for one to understand that the asking and the seeking and the knocking is not a beseeching? It's a it's actually placing a demand on universal substance out of the Father's, it's the Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom consciousness that Jesus is trying to get that message across to us that we have too. Does it make a difference? In the level of understanding that you approach this from, and I'm going to go because I'm going I'm to listen to you while I'm working, okay? All right, cool. 
Thank you for the question. Um, Basically, yes, it does. Because if we have the consciousness that we're begging and beseeching or deal-making, which is another thing. Okay, God, if you do this, I'll do that, et cetera, et cetera. What ends up happening many times is we're not working scientifically. And what I mean by scientifically is, you know, uh, early early new thought was always considered mind science. Actually, one of the early terms was Christian science, but but Mayor Baker Eddy basically trademarked that term so it couldn't be used. So you had science of the mind, divine science, etc. A lot of different terms. And the reason why they were using that term was because they believed that the, the universal laws that govern the universe are as immutable as what we call the laws of physical science. You know, that, you know, two right right angles always make a triangle or, or something like that or whatever the the term is. I think it's not a triangle, but whatever, whatever it makes. It, you get my point. The the mindset of beseeching and begging comes from the standpoint of believing that you're separated from your good. We're not, we can never be separated from our good if we understand our oneness in God. So what we're doing is through our thinking, asking, seeking, and knocking is impressing upon universal law which shapes and forms out of itself which is God as divine substance because we're just talking about God interacting with God to manifest God. That's really the whole show. But it, but we use a lot of terminology to allow the the intellect to follow the process. So I like to say that no thing becomes can be something based upon our thought. Now, what is the no thing? Not nothing. No thing. God has no thing. God has substance. Universal mind essence. Unformless. Uh, unformed. Reverend Coleman used to say that substance is like a great big piece of cookie dough. And your mind is a cookie cutter. And with your mind, you put, just like a person would put the image of the of the star of the Christmas tree or the reindeer into the dough, and that would shape out of the formless dough an image of a reindeer or a Christmas tree or a star. Our minds impress upon the universal living energy of the universe that which we desire and the physical equivalent manifests itself. Now, why is this important? Excuse me, people will say that, well, that sounds like some Star Trek Matrix Star Wars stuff. But no, even people who study things like quantum uh, theory will tell you that that there's infinite possibilities and our intention uh, focuses the infinite possibilities into a definite thing. So it's no thing becoming a thing. You don't have to beg and beseech God for anything. There is no God to make deals with in the concept of a personal God with a book like Santa Claus checking it, the list checking it twice trying to find out who's been naughty and nice. That's a what's the term I want to use? I don't want to use an insulting term because that's what just popped up in my head. That's a I would say childish view of looking at God spiritually. In other words, you have to make deals. You have to come and beseech. You got to 
beg at the throne for forgiveness and for love and for deliverance or whatever. Now, people do that and it works sometimes. But why does it work? Because they're so busy emptying themselves out that they get rid of the erroneous thoughts, the erroneous feelings, the, 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 the disturbed and error images in mind. And what that does is through the forgiveness process, through the releasing process, through the surrendering process, they then can think in alignment with the truth that they desire and they get it. So there are people who do that and it works. I'm not going to say that it doesn't. I, I had a grandmother who who could be a guy with the best of them. But the process is mental equivalent. It's releasing, it's surrendering, it's letting go so you can have clearly in your mind that which you desire, clearly have clear conviction of what you want. Then and only then, we call that it in metaphysics, realization. Then and only then can you manifest it. So what we want to do when we start working with truth is coming from a standpoint of of prosperity, health, peace, and joy are mine by spiritual birthright. That's a different perspective. They are mined, mined by spiritual birthright. I don't have to beg God to get them. Get them. They're already mine. They're already a part of me. They're already within me. I might not be accessing them. So when I pray, when I forgive, when I meditate, when I do my study work, I'm accessing inner resources needed for me to demonstrate. This is what Charles Fillmore was talking about when he taught what is now known as the 12 powers of man or the 12 powers of humanity or gifts. As he would meditate and pray. He would get in contact with inner resources of his body, in his mind and body. So he would pray, and as he was thinking about an idea, he started having vibrations in different parts of his body. And he started to study, okay, when I think these type of thoughts, when I speak these type of words, when I go into this type of deep meditation, these things are happening to me physically. What ends up happening is, as you start pulling on inner resources, that you'll find out that, that your body has energy that you didn't realize it had, that your mind can pull up ideas, images, and plans that you didn't know that it could. You have all of a sudden situations and circumstances start to draw themselves to you, all because you're contacting that which is in you that already knows what to do, when to do it, and how to do it. All right. Hopefully that answered the question, uh, my brother, Reverend Bobby. Moving on to the next part of the Sermon on the Mount, which is found in the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 7, verse 12. It states, In everything do to others as you would have them do to you. For this is the law and the prophets. This is the golden rule taught in Every spiritual tradition is stated in Luke, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. It's the exact same statement. What is it saying? Seek only the good for others that you will want for yourself. If you treat everyone as an expression of God, including yourself, you would not only, you would only seek the best for yourself and for others. This is important. Many times we want compassion, but we don't give it. We want a measure of grace given to us when we make mistakes, but we don't want to give it to others. We want understanding, and we don't seek sometimes to understand. We want people to honor our 
feelings. We want people to honor our opinion. But we don't want to do the same with others. We want people to forgive us. But we have a difficult time forgiving. What this is simply saying is be mindful. Because how you treat others is how you're really treating yourself. Because for you to think what you think about another person, feel what you feel about another person, believe what you believe about another person, say what you say to other people, act or react in certain ways with other people, that energy is working through you first because you're generating it. So that sick sick thought that becomes sick action and sick words is first of all developing sickness within you. And sickness doesn't necessarily have to mean physical ailment. I'm talking about sick from the standpoint of distorted and adulterated. So the golden rule says, if I want good for myself, I want it for someone else as well. This has nothing to do with my agreement with them, whether I agree with everything they say or don't say, which nobody on the planet Earth you will ever agree with completely. That's just that doesn't exist. You're an individual expression that other people are as well. But it's recognizing that you literally, 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 literally can only continually get what is coming through you as your thoughts, feelings, actions, reactions, etc. So when you're afraid and scared of something, you're also drawing that. Job said, that which I fear most has come upon me. The golden rule is something that, in my opinion, should be taught at every level. You don't necessarily have to use the religious jargon out of the Bible or the different religious traditions. Like I said before, if you actually Google the golden rule, you'll discover that basically every major faith tradition has its own version of this. It is something that I think that should be taught. To kids, I'm not saying it's the responsibility of kid of of school systems. I just believe they should be taught because it puts a morality into life that matters. Why am I going to do something you don't want to do that I don't want for myself? You know, you know. Uh, this is a non-political statement, but I think it's it's worthy of it can be taken politically. It's amazing to me at times how people who might have, who who are quick to want to go to war and send other people's kids to war, fresh out of high school and college, are not so quick to send their own. So while your kid is getting shot at and shooting at someone, their kid is in school just because of opportunity. See, what I want for my kid, I want for yours. I want your kid to have opportunity. If I don't want mine on the front line, why should I want yours on the front line? But you know, as someone once stated, old men start wars and young men fight them. So we have to be mindful that that's the golden rule. The golden rule is not being applied. Creating experiences that you don't want for yourself. We have to be mindful of that. 
you know, in, in the city of Chicago, where, where I'm broadcasting live right now, you know, week after week, weekend after weekend, you're hearing about violence with children and, 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 and or being shot or killed and things of that nature. And it makes people think that it's a war zone. It's not a war zone in Chicago, but it's a lot of things that are going on because it's not a handle on it. But somewhere along the line, the 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 people are, are losing sight of life. Because as uh, one of my spiritual mentors and colleagues, the Reverend Dr. Winston Johnson says, the Bible says love your neighbor as yourself. But if you don't love yourself, your neighbor is in big trouble. And right now, our neighbor, our fellow man, our fellow woman, our children are in trouble because the the lack of love that we have for ourselves. Because when you don't value yourself, when you don't love yourself, it's very challenging to then go out and be the expression of love in, in different spaces. That doesn't mean that we don't hold people accountable for the choices that they make. What it's simply saying is, want for others what you want for yourself. If you want to be respected and valued, value and respect other people. You know, I once heard someone say that um, they were talking to a person who was homeless. uh, And the homeless man said to them, people walk past me. They won't even look at me in the face. In other words, at least value me. As a person, even if you, you know, I'm not talking about people who are harassing, but if a person says, you know, hello, or they're begging for something and you don't want to do it, you can still look at them in the face and say, um, not today. God bless you. Acknowledge them as a person. You know, it, you know, because the moment we start categorizing and devaluing people is the moment then they then can can flip around and, and, and when they devalue themselves, sooner or later, they're going to take actions that devalue others as well we can always respect people at the level of love and the level of peace even if we don't agree with them even if we don't want to be around them but do unto others as you want them to do unto you or as stated in Matthew and everything do to others as you would have them do to you for this is the law and the prophets which means when literally that meant the Torah the first five books of the Bible or the Pentateuch as we call it in Christianity and the prophets just, you know, those are the, the prophets of the Bible, etc. And meaning that this is the law and its application from a basic man, uh, metaphysical standpoint. This is the law and application because what you put out, what you radiate comes back, pressed down, shaking together. And running over. Again, if you know, if you have a question for the show before we take our break, I want to make sure I give you the number 888-558-6489. 888-558-6489. And, you know, call in, ask a question. You know, if you have any questions or comments on anything that's been covered today, I would love to hear from you. Um, also, Again, this is a reminder that Christ Universal Temple is having its December annual Christmas concert and candle lighting service. It's fantastic. As a matter of fact, we have a, a, a guest singer, uh, Roderick Dixon, who was a part of the three Mo Tenors who traveled all over the world. Very, very famous, popular group. 
and we want to make sure that you get an opportunity to hear this man sing. We also have another person, um, but I don't have the name in front of me. That's a young lady who's supposed to be a percussionist. That's what she, I heard she's awesome. But anyway, just make sure you show up because I think that this will be something that's good. And, and if not, take a look at it on the website at www.cutemple.org. Again, be reminded, you can go to the donate button on the website, Unity Online Radio. Make sure that you're giving and supporting. We're going to take one last break, and we'll be right back with Truth Transforms. Hello, listeners. Did you know we've gone mobile? That's right. Your favorite Unity Online Radio programs are available on your mobile device. Now you can take us with you wherever you go. Using apps from Live 365 or Stitcher, you can listen to Unity Online Radio live or on demand. To learn more, visit Unity Online Radio and click on Mobile Listening. Did you know that most of us operate on autopilot and don't even realize it? In fact, psychologists suggest automatic behavior has become the rule of thumb these days. Jesse Harriet wants to talk with you about how to make the switch from barely thriving and functioning to living a fully functioning, conscious, and purposeful life. The all is mind, and so are you. Call in with your questions and comments for Jesse Live every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Central Time on Living on Purpose, where we blend psychology and ancient wisdom. Only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. been listening to Truth Transforms with Reverend Galen McDowell. If you have questions or comments about today's program, or if you'd like to join in on the discussion, email us at truthtransforms at unity.fm. Now back to Truth Transforms. All right, welcome back to Truth Transforms. I'm your host, Galen McDowell, and we are going through the series right now called Keys to the Kingdom, which is based on the Sermon on the Mount given by Jesus found in the Gospel of Matthew chapters 5 through 7. We're at Matthew chapter 7 verses 13 and 14 now, which states, Enter through the narrow gate, for the gate is wide and the road is easy that leads to destruction, and there are many who take it. For the gate is narrow and the road is hard that leads to life. And there are few who find it. Now, what is this saying? Well, simply, the easiest and most popular way of doing something isn't necessarily the best way to handle it. Be careful of options that seem easy but can have dire consequences. Now, why is this important? People will always present to you something that seems is easy to get into but very difficult to get out of you have to walk the path that you're that that sometimes seems 
narrow. And I want to use a different term other than narrow. I'm going to, and this has nothing to do with Hebrew, Greek, or Aramaic. This is just me putting a handle on it for Galen. And hopefully it can help you. Enter through the disciplined gate. Enter through the disciplined gate. Now, why does that sound, when you, when you use the term disciplined, that means that there could be a lot of other things going on out here that's good and very good for other people. But you have to have the discipline to walk your path for your highest good. You know, I, on Sunday, I, during my lesson, I mentioned that there's no such thing as a part-time master. And basically what that means is you don't become a master by doing something haphazardly, you know, with not full intention, not being really committed to it, not having the discipline needed to bring it into expression. So when you enter through the discipline gate, your mind is disciplined and and you know the things that you need to do and you know the things that pull you off and you're not going to allow yourself to be pulled off because you're taking the option of the wide gate that somebody else might be doing. You know, I tell, you know, young people this, just because other people are doing it. And I know we say this all the time, don't mean you have to do it. But you have to give kids examples of what that means when you say that. You know, if, if, if your intuition is telling you don't go somewhere and all your friends are going and you don't think that it's uh, right for you to go there, you think mm, something might be off, don't go and be strong enough to follow your narrow gate. When I was a kid, I can remember several times where, when, excuse me, when I intuitively knew something wasn't right and I didn't go. And the guys would, oh man, you this, that, and the other, et cetera, et cetera, because boys were ride boys. That's just kind of, you know, when, you know, that happens when you're in a large pack of people. It was very, I grew up in a very, very large, close knit community in the standpoint that we all knew each other, the whole neighborhood, basically. And then, you know, the next day, man, you know, something happened. Somebody got into it. Some situation or experience that wasn't always beneficial happened. And I would always say, I knew something wasn't right. Or I knew not to go with that person. I knew not to go to that party with that person. I knew not to get in that car with that person. Because we have something within us that lets us know. But when we just decide to do it because everybody else is doing it. You know, there are people who engage in, you know, um, you know, underage drinking or, or, or overage drinking and, and <laughs> at times overindulgence in the sense of harming themselves, uh, or putting themselves in positions that they shouldn't like driving or, or making themselves sick or substance abuse and et cetera. Because people that they knew were doing it. Even when they knew, no, I don't need to do this. They did it just to go along with the crowd, just because of peer pressure or whatever. And peer pressure is not a kid thing. Peer pressure is a people thing. You know, you can be a senior citizen and experience peer pressure. We have to make sure that we are walking our disciplined narrow gate. Because it says, for the gate is narrow and the road is hard that leads to life, and there are the few who find it. Now, what does that mean? Become a pioneer with your own spirituality. Common human and religious thinking would only condition you to think like people of the past. 
blaze your own trail in your mind. Seek God for yourself. Trust your own indwelling Christ nature and live from that space. And when you're disciplined and you're working with yourself, of course, it's sometimes going to be hard because it's going to be times where the easy way to do a thing is just right there and it's present. When you're on a diet, it takes discipline. You're walking a narrow path and when you're saying, I'm going to eat this type of food. And I'm going to stay away from the cake or the pizza or the burgers or the hot dogs or whatever. Or I'm going to eat less of it. And when it's your favorite sweet, when somebody has the banana pudding right there, uh, I, you know, banana pudding's my thing, and praise the Lord, I don't have any restrictions on banana pudding, and never will. But anyway, uh, the, but you have to have discipline to walk away from that, which sometimes you want, but it's not necessarily right for you in the sense of uh, it, the highest good is not going to come out of it. It's easy to walk away from stuff you don't want. It's easy to walk away from experiences you don't want. It's easy to walk away from stuff that you don't like. But when you want it or the person or the experience or the food or the drink or the drug or the whatever, that's another conversation altogether. You know, in the old um, commercials with White Castle, they used to, White Castle burgers in Chicago land area and some other urban areas. They have White Castle commercials, and they talk about the crave, where a person is craving for the burger. Well, you know, you can crave for that what you want, but you have to realize that that's the wide gate. When you know. You don't need to do it. You know you don't need to indulge. You know you need to stay away. You know you don't need to do it no matter what, and you still do. That's the crave. But it says, for the gate is wide and the road is easy that leads to destruction. And there are many who take it. It makes you think. It's easy to take the cop out. It's easy to, to to not keep your commitment. It's easy to not be in integrity. It's easy not to be your word. It's easy. It's really easy. But narrow is the gate. But see, it leads to life, but it's hard because you're pressing against yourself. So, you, many times you're pre- pressing against your own previous conditioning. That's pushing up and saying, I want this and I want it now. Especially, especially if you're someone who's not used to saying no to yourself or others. A a, a spoiled, bratty kid who's not used to someone telling him or her no will have a very difficult time with the process of understanding that the world doesn't rotate around them. So they, and most of the time you say, that kid needs some discipline. What are you saying? That kid needs to walk the narrow gate. They need to understand how to deal and interact with people. And the parent needs to understand that too, but that's a sidebar. And I don't have time to teach that. But we have to be a pioneer in our own lives and say, okay, God, you know, you've given me the plan and you've given me the power to follow through. And that's what I'm going to do. And it's important to realize that if you keep looking at the wide gate, in other words, that thing that you know is not good for you, not good to you, you know, 
if you keep looking at it, it becomes more appealing. That's why it's necessary to put your attention and focus on other things. Go get some music. Or go read a book. Go get around some friends and laugh. Pick up the phone to talk to somebody that cares or talk out the issue, the problem, as you clear it up and out of your soul so it's just not there being the 800-pound gorilla in your space. You know, even some people who are dealing with uh, folks of substance abuse will tell you that, that those uh, leaders will say when you are when, when you want the drug or you want the drink, pick up the phone and call somebody, call your sponsor, you know, call somebody that will hold you accountable. Why? Because it's pulling the attention off of the wide and the wide gate and it's pulling your attention back on the narrow gate. You got to walk this path because that path leads to destruction. This path leads to the, but the narrow path leads to life. Is it more difficult? Yes, because it's always more difficult to be disciplined. It's easy. It's easier to be junkie than it is to be clean. You know, you know, it's easier for, for uh, just to get up and leave the house instead of bathing. It's easier just to get out and walk and not brush your teeth. But you know what? That's nasty. And just like that's nasty, what we end up doing is creating nasty experiences when we don't walk a disciplined mental and emotional life. Hopefully that makes sense. We're going to stop here. And when we come back from Christmas break, for the next two weeks, we'll have some um uh, encore episodes because uh, the good people at Unity Online Radio need to be able to take their Christmas vacations and breaks as well. So we're gonna we'll be back in a, um, the next two shows. So I guess we'll be back in three weeks after Christmas and the beginning of the new year. And we're gonna come back stronger and more powerful than ever. We're gonna finish this Keys to the Kingdom that during that show. And I'm contemplating doing some different stuff. You know, I'm, I'm wrestling right now what I want to do for the next show. I'm even thinking about doing, um, the whole book of Revelation metaphysically interpreted. So we'll see. I'm not sure yet. But anyway, have a wonderful Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, whatever religious faith that you practice. Enjoy it. Um, if your religious faith has, doesn't practice anything around this time, you're still loved and beloved by me and this show. Go forward in power and love, strength and understanding. Be the expression of God that you are in every space. And remember, as the Reverend Gary Simmons says, in any situation, you're either the way of Christ or you're in the way of Christ. So God bless you and I'll be with you in the beginning of next year. God bless. Thank you for tuning in to Truth Transforms with Reverend Galen McDowell. Join us every Wednesday at 10 a.m. for live discussions about how to live a spiritually transformed, prosperous, healthy, and joyful life. Truth Transforms, only on Unity Online Radio. This program is brought to you in part by Christ Universal Temple in Chicago, Illinois. Online at www.cutemple.org and on Facebook and Twitter under CU Temple. Did you know that most of us operate on autopilot and don't even realize it? In fact, 
Psychologists suggest automatic behavior has become the rule of thumb these days. Jesse Harriet wants to talk with you about how to make the switch from barely thriving and functioning to living a fully functioning, conscious, and purposeful life. The all is mind, and so are you. Call in with your questions and comments for Jesse Live every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Central Time on Living on Purpose, where we blend psychology and ancient wisdom. Only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Inspiration only takes a moment. We invite you to consider these words from Unity author Charles Roth. Live deeply in the present moment. If you are going to work on the premise that real energy, real excitement, that feeling of being fully and enthusiastically alive comes from a source within you, then it follows that you have to spend some time getting acquainted, being at home in those far reaches of inner space. Peace is power, for out of stillness, strength is born, and out of inner harmony, productivity flourishes. Rest in that inner peace. This meditative moment is brought to you by Unity. is the place where spirituality and recovery meet, where we support your spiritual growth. Reverend Anna Schaus, Ph.D., interviews down-to-earth guests who share with you how they keep going and growing in recovery. Spirit of Recovery is the place to get practical tips and to join in lively discussions on topics that matter to recovering people. This program welcomes everyone who wants to know more about recovery. Join Anna and her guests live every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Central, 2 p.m. Pacific on Spirit of Recovery, where we talk about what keeps you growing only on Unity FM, the voice of an awakening world. Love the Bible or hate it, turn to it daily or refuse to have it in your house. The Bible Alive, Exploring Your Spiritual Roadmap is a program designed just for you. Here on Unity FM, Unity Minister Rev. Ed Townley presents the Bible as a practical, powerful spiritual roadmap full of wisdom and guidance for the challenges of life today. A roadmap for your spiritual journey. Isn't that just what you are seeking? Join us every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Central Time, 4 p.m. Eastern, for The Bible Alive, exploring your spiritual roadmap with Rev. Ed Townley, only on Unity FM, the voice of an awakening world. Do you want to deepen your connection to the divine? speed up your progress on the spiritual path, then tune in to the Spirit Matters podcast. I'm the host, Philip Goldberg, 
and I interview experts with wisdom, insight, and practical guidance for every seeker of truth. Spirit Matters on the mindbodyspirit.fm network. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.